Are you going through a difficult time? Are you experiencing a season of life that has tested your faith? Hey sister, I'm Rachel Williams and I'm right there with you. I've walked through divorce, single parenting, and in December of 2021, I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. I know what it means to feel lost, scared, and defeated. But the good news is that I know that God uses all things for good for those who love Him. I know that He has a plan for me of hope in the future. I want to pass that faith-based confidence on to you. So welcome to your new safe place. Enter into a community where you can be comfortable as we dig into biblical truths and discover hope for encouragement in your life. Because I believe that you are capable of powering through this season with tangible and actionable tools to rely on when you begin to feel hopeless. I'm here today to tell you, friend, that you can walk in godly freedom even when it's hard. It begins with uncovering God's promises in your life and arming yourself with God's truth so that you can conquer whatever hardships that you encounter. I'm here to guide you through the valley so that you can really live in truth and light. Let's shift our mindset from victim to victorious because we are warriors. So come fight with me, sister. Grab some coffee. Let's do this. Again, and welcome back to the She Is a Warrior podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to come back to join us um, with episode four after the Debbie Downer of um, an episode that the last one was. But I really, I really felt that it was necessary for several reasons. One is I'm always going to be transparent. Um, if my story or my situation can help anyone out there, I'm here for it. And also, I feel that there are a lot of things that people can learn from my story, from the mistakes that I made, so that hopefully you can be more diligent in those areas and not make the same mistakes. So I hope that it blessed someone or grew someone in some way. Um, but today is the second of our three-episode series on healing. We're going to focus today our attention on emotional healing, healing from any emotionally traumatic experience. It could be divorce, betrayal of any kind, the loss of a job, the loss of a friend. Um, the list goes on and on here, but I believe that these five steps to emotional healing could benefit people in a multitude of scenarios. So what does emotional healing healing look like? Is it even possible to heal completely or do we just figure out ways to cope? Um, I really had to sit down and pray and, and really think back to the things that helped me to get through some really difficult seasons in my life. It also may help to consider some things that I did that were not conducive to healing and make note of them as well. Now, I have not listed these in any particular order, um, neither chronologically or in order of importance. They are simply steps that I feel should be taken in order to really move yourself towards a healthy mental space. So step one, step one is to have constructive conversations. Notice I did not just say to talk about it, okay? Um, and this is done purposefully. Have you ever been pouring your heart out to someone and the next thing you know, that person has completely shifted the dynamic of the conversation to be about them and suddenly you're consoling them and you wondered how you got here? Or maybe it's that the advice that this person tends to offer is unhealthy or not conducive to your healing journey. 
Um, These are not your people right now. It is so important that you find a mentor or a friend that you can rely on to really listen and to give you sound biblical advice. A person that will lift you up and help you to think constructively and make steps toward healing. It's important that your conversations as well as your thoughts are focused on the present and the future, as well as the strides and goals that you have set for yourself. Um, We can take things from the past and learn from them, but it's important that we don't dwell and take up residence there. Allow yourself time to truly reflect on the things that went wrong. Um, We cannot get stuck on the things that we maybe wish we have done differently because that won't change anything, but we can take specific parts of our past in order to learn and build on that knowledge for the future. Now, this does not apply to when you're talking to a trained or licensed counselor or therapist, okay? Um, These people are trained in this area and they know the strategies and healthy balances of conversations and how to constructively talk about your past in order to really determine your specific needs for healing, okay? So this is very different than just a conversation with you and a friend at a coffee shop. But whoever you decide to talk to, I just really encourage you to talk about it in a healthy way. Keeping it to yourself and internalizing everything on your own is not healthy. And it will never just magically go away. It festers and it grows and it damages so many things like your self-confidence. It can damage new relationships. Um, This is due to the fact that if you are left to interpret situations on your own, Without that healthy outside perspective, you could be led to unhealthy thoughts like there must be something wrong with me or it must be because of something I've done or because of who I am, all of which will lead to the need for even more healing down the road. So just just don't do, just don't go that route. I had a very specific situation that happened in my life years ago that was never truly healed. So once it festered and blew up, there was so much emotional damage and scarring that I'm still having to deal with it. So find a mentor, find someone. I feel like I feel like talking to a therapist has a stigma that's attached to it. Ignore that. Ignore that. Do it anyway. You, you can thank me later. Also in line with the topic of conversation and more important than anything is to talk to God. Psalms 145 verse 18 through 19 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Mark 11:24 goes on to say, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There are so many instances in the Bible that tell us to just talk to him. Humble yourself before him. Pour your heart out to him and tell him what's on your heart and in your mind. It's true that he already knows, but the intimate conversations that we allow are what builds that relationship, which is ultimately what he desires. Ask for healing. Ask him to show you truth, to account for the lies that the enemy is throwing at you, because he will. 
Every time you're hurting, Satan sees that as a window of opportunity to speak lies into you because he knows that you're in a vulnerable state and that you're more likely to believe them. Really dig into the Word of God. Read and study your Bible and ask God to speak truth and light into your heart so that you can be armed with those words to fight off the enemy. So you can be fully prepared to say, no, I won't believe that there's something wrong with me because I know that I was made in His image. I won't believe that I'm not worthy of love because I know that Christ loved me so much that He died on the cross for me. And that's the biggest love to ever exist. So step one. Talk about it. Talk to God, find a support system, and have constructive conversations. Moving on to step two, move your body. It is scientifically proven that physical exercise releases chemicals in our brains called endorphins and other hormones that naturally help to improve your mood, cognition, and concentration. Exercise is a known natural remedy for people who are suffering from depression or just having a down day. Um, The hardest part of establishing a workout routine is that it's a vicious cycle. We don't work out because we don't have energy, but we don't have energy because we're not moving our bodies. The best advice that I have for you here is advice that I need to give myself. It's to push yourself. If you push yourself to do some kind of physical activity, you'll feel so much better afterwards. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to go to the gym and lift weights or run a marathon. Now, if that's your thing, then awesome. You do you. But you can just go for a walk. Whatever you choose to do, as long as you're moving your body. Another way that exercise can help along the journey to healing is the sense of self-accomplishment. There is little to be compared to the accomplishment that is felt after running a 5K for the first time, or beating your best time, or beginning to see the muscle and definition begin to form after your hard work. Um, Some of my friends several years ago completed a full marathon. Y'all, I literally cried at the finish line because I was so proud of them, and I know how hard they worked towards that goal. But I cannot imagine the feeling of accomplishment that they had ex- that they experienced that day. Um, many come out of certain hardships like divorce, feeling like a failure. So boosting your own confidence by succeeding in something has healing powers in itself. Additionally, really being able to focus on something like a fitness goal can deflect your attention from the thing that you need healing from and focus on something much more healthy. I cannot stress the importance of this one to you enough. If you're struggling, go for a walk, preferably outdoors. You'll be surprised at how much better you feel afterwards. Step three. Did you know that food and nourishment have a direct effect on our emotional and mental well-being? Refined carbohydrates and refined sugars can cause brain fog, making us feel lethargic and, well, like crap. Foods made with white flour quickly turn to blood sugar after you eat it. This can cause energy spikes and crashes that can be bad for people with anxiety and depression. Foods full of beta carotene like carrots, pumpkin, spinach, sweet potatoes, and cantaloupe can literally make you feel better. A diet rich in certain fats like omega-3 fatty acids may help brain cells use chemicals that, that can affect your mood. Gut health is so, so important, y'all. I could probably dedicate several entire episodes to gut health alone. Getting pre- and postbiotics to assist in the balance of our microbiome is key to 
overall health, but definitely can increase energy and decrease brain fog. And we know if we have more energy, that will likely lead to more physical activity, which leads us back to step two. It's a very healthy cycle. So focusing on a nutrient-dense, balanced diet full of vegetables and fruits, healthy fats and proteins will definitely assist in your road to both physical and emotional healing. Step three, are y'all ready for this one? Um, this, This one's hard, but it's so necessary for true emotional healing. You have to forgive Okay, so stick with me here. Don't don't press stop and don't give up on listen to, listening to me entirely. It's hard. I get that. And it seems impossible at times. I've been there. But hear me out. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, Jesus was a perfect human, but he was a human all the same. Can you imagine how difficult it must have been for him to forgive the men that beat him mercilessly? mercilessly. Words are hard. And for no reason. Not only that, but doing it so that he could pay the ultimate price for all of our sins so that we could be forgiven. That's huge. But in turn, we are commanded to forgive those who hurt us or trespassed against us. But where does this fall in terms of emotional healing? It's impossible, friends. Hear me. Impossible for us to heal if we are harboring hate or resentment towards others. In fact, it's only hurting us as we're sitting and stewing and allowing others' actions against us to take away our peace and ruin our mood. That person is likely enjoying their day without a care in the world. It's literally having no effect on them at all. Furthermore, perhaps the hardest leg of this step is going to be forgiving those who aren't sorry. I have struggled with this so many times thinking this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness because they'd do it again in a heartbeat if they were given a chance. Or forgiving them would be them getting away with it, and they don't deserve that. Anybody else? It's so hard, but we just have to understand that it's not our job or our responsibility to determine what others deserve. That's between them and God. We're simply called to love them even the ones that are the hardest to love. Another angle of this that we tend not to think about very often, but it's just as necessary, it's forgiving ourselves. We often can't really identify the internal struggle that's holding us back, but sometimes it's just allowing ourselves to forgive ourselves. We make mistakes, some more monumental than others, but it is not doing us any good harboring resentment towards a decision or a mistake that we made. Repent. Ask for forgiveness from God, and He will grant it. But once He's forgiven us, we have to do the same. Pray about this, friends. True healing can only come through forgiveness. Step four, help others going through a similar situation. My pastor often says, you want to forget about a problem? Help somebody else with their problem and watchers get smaller. There is something to be said for deferring the attention away from what's holding you down and focusing it on helping someone else. Find someone who is maybe not well or a single mom and ask them if you can bring them a meal. That small gesture may be the brightest thing that happened in their life in a while. Um, Just easing that one burden of having to worry about dinner for the family may be the one thing that keeps her from breaking down that day. Is there someone in your life that is battling a lack of self-worth? Offer to take them to coffee and remind them where the Bible says that their worth truly comes from. Just be a listening ear. 
Offer to babysit. If you're financially able, pay a bill that's past due. Bake cookies or simply pray with them. I cannot put into words how all of the kindness from those in my community helped me get through chemo and the months following my diagnosis. But I hope that some of them were also blessed by helping me in this way. I encourage you to do something for someone that allows you to help them in some way and watch the healing begin to take shape in you. And step five, find something that lights you up. What's the one thing that you feel like you can talk about until you're blue in the face? Take whatever that is and do something with it. Write about it. You could start a blog. You could join a volunteer organization dealing with whatever your passion is or start your own. If you're a teacher and love creating things, use that as an outlet. Find Casey Morris on all socials. She is absolutely amazing and you will thank me later. I encourage you to really explore the many options out there. Try new things. Um, one excellent way that you can explore this is to take a spiritual gifts test. Find out what your spiritual gift is. It may surprise you and find a way to get plugged in using that gift. You'll be surprised at the strides towards emotional healing that you will make when you find your God-given purpose and you feed into that. So to wrap it up, step one, have constructive conversations. Step two, move your body. Step three, forgive. Step four, help others. And step five, find something that truly lights you up. I want to close today with a few affirmations that I have to tell myself daily and that you should probably tell yourself daily as well. Your identity and your value are not found in someone else's opinion of you. They are not found in what job title you hold, your failures, your accomplishments. I struggle every single day with the fact that I look in the mirror and I don't even recognize the physical person that I see anymore. But I am intentional every day in reminding myself that my value is not held in the size clothes that I'm wearing or my physical appearance. My identity, your identity, and your value are found in Christ alone. As I was praying about this episode and asking God to speak through me, um, most of my prayer time is done in my car on the way to work in the morning. And a verse and a song came on that really spoke to me. It said, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Let that sink in for a minute. I'm going to say it one more time. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Not the amount of hairs on your head or the marriage that failed or the negative balance on your bank account or the number of followers on your social media or the grades of your children or your children's attitudes. You were fearfully and wonderfully made in His image. Psalm 139 verse 13 through 14 says, You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body, and I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this, I have no doubt. And friends, I have no doubt you were created in His perfect image, and you are amazing. God knows our hearts. He knows us all the way down to the number of hairs that are on our head. Some of us have a lower number than others right now, but... It is His perception of us that is the only thing that matters. And friend, He thought you were worth dying for. 
Dear Lord, we are so thankful that we know our worth in your eyes. We can come to your word and read truth that will never lead us in the wrong direction. Your word is clear, your word is kind, and your word is love. We thank you that even when we make bad decisions of our own free will, you are there with open arms welcoming us back home again. And in your presence, we can be healed in every definition of the word. We thank you that you are a relational father and that you desire conversations with us. We pray today for anyone who is suffering emotionally. Please help them to know that they do not have to take up residence there. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad, but we don't need to stay in that place. Guide us to a place where you are on the throne. We ask that you are with the sick. Offer them comfort and hope. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us again today, sister. Come back next week as we talk about physical healing. See you next time. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us today. Again, please join our Facebook community and let me know how I can pray for you. Also, if you could give our podcast a review, I would so much appreciate that. I'm tuning in every Wednesday for inspiration and encouragement as we work together to overcome challenges. Be intentional, sister, in your pursuit of Jesus, even in the valley, so that when others see you, they'll know she is a warrior.